Holy Week Reflections, Part 4 of 8 Waiting, Praising, Betraying Wednesday The day Jesus was still. For three straight days, Jesus was in the temple teaching what had to feel like a whirlwind, a final chance to reach those who still had not believed he was their Savior, a final manifesto of sorts. Today, Jesus hung out at Simon the leper's house. How'd you like to be known for a disease you had? No thanks. But in those days, that's just how it was. Simon the leper, who did not have leprosy anymore, was still and probably forever labeled as such. This may have been the leper Jesus healed back in Mark 1, 40-45, but we are not certain. Either way, Simon the leper was isolated from society. Yet Jesus shows compassion and love and spends some of his final hours at his home. Now this is the Jesus I so desire to be more like, to imitate, to know more deeply. Jesus could have spent this day before he would be handed over to the Roman guards doing anything. He could have chosen to be alone. He could have chosen to hole up with just his people. He could have chosen to do one last final fishing trip. He could have taken a really long nap but he chose to serve, our servant king. And then Mary. What a breathtaking, sacrificial action she took to symbolize her understanding of what Jesus was about to do, give his everything for her. As she broke this precious, beautiful alabaster jar, as expensive perfume poured over Jesus' head and feet, as this aroma quickly filled Simon the leper's home and circled under the disciples' noses, the reactions came. Man's response. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. John 12, 4-6. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. Matthew 26, 8-9 Jesus' response Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. John 12, 7-8 But Jesus, aware of this, replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Matthew 26, 10-13 This Mary was Lazarus's sister. Lazarus, who Jesus had raised from the dead, I can only imagine her perspective, her gratitude, her reverence. She wasted not another moment to show it. Mary literally gave Jesus everything she had been saving, a year's worth of wages. She didn't just say she would do it. She didn't just talk about giving her everything to Jesus. She did it. This was her act of worship, sacrificing it all. And it did not make any sense to anyone except Jesus. What a beautiful act of worship from Mary today. And what a disgusting betrayal from Judas Iscariot. It makes me sick in the pit of my stomach. 
I don't know if this sick feeling comes from being so dumbfounded that one of Jesus' own followers, one of his trusted friends, would turn his back on Jesus, and not just turn his back on him, but plot to kill him. Or maybe this sick feeling comes from the times when I have done the same thing, the times when I can look back and see how it was this sin, it was that choice, that put Jesus on the cross. I am not far removed from this horrific event. It was mine, my hand that held the hammer, that drove the nails into Jesus' hands, into Jesus' feet. My words that yelled, Crucify him! as he dragged his bleeding and exhausted and bruised and beaten body up that hill to Calvary. Maybe this is why it is so very hard to read this passage. The festival of unleavened bread, which is also called Passover, was approaching. The leading priests and teachers of religious law were plotting to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples, and he went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted, and they promised to give him money. So he agreed and began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus so they could arrest him when the crowds weren't around. Luke 22, 1-6 This was Wednesday. Resting, waiting, serving, worshiping, accusing, betraying. This was real life on that Wednesday over 2,000 years ago. Two more days until Jesus dies. Four more days until Jesus would rise. So as we do real life together, let's ask ourselves, how do I worship Jesus? Do I wait until Sunday and call this hour worship, then go back to the rest of my week? How do I worship him today? Am I offering Jesus my best, my all? As we take steps closer to the darkest moments in history, let's remember our part in it. Yes, we know the hope and praise God for Jesus' rising, but don't miss these next days of grasping the reality that it was for our sins Jesus paid it all. Please take a moment and listen to the song Red Letters by Crowder. <laughs> 